<laughs> when you see that OU over there, that, that is awful, ugly. We're back! Welcome back to Father Cannon. It's Quan Cosby. I'm Anna. I'm Rocky. And I'm Megan. And y'all, this is Fire the Cannon. Welcome. So we have our special guest, Quan Cosby, back with us again. Back, man. We started this last week. After TCU, we're going to Oklahoma. So we have Cosby is not good luck since we've been having him. Facts. Since he's joined, this is a fact. Since he's been on Fire the Cannon podcast, Texas is 0 and 2. So he will not be joining us again after today. <laughs> this is my last week. I'm done. We love him. Hell. But we yeah. told you we were bringing him back, and he's here to talk all It's better than me. It's about Texas, baby. We got, I'm done. This yeah. is my last one. So Megan and Quan are going to tell you all about the game day atmosphere at OU. They were there. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the ugly of game day. We're going to talk about the atmosphere. At, at now, we're going to talk about what's happening in the Texas football program. Uh, we have your Twitter questions. Megan had a great post today, and we got some great questions. And then, we, <laughs> and then hopefully we have time to cover the NFL, some, some of our things happening in the NFL with our favorite teams and our favorite players. So let's get going. Megan, Juan, you guys were at Cotton Bowl this Saturday. Tell us about the craziness. So look, I will say this because I know Quan was involved with the team and on the field because some of us are fancy and some of us aren't. Uh, I will tell you, for me, I've, I've missed one OU game since I was born, literally since I was conceived. And this was the weirdest atmosphere that I have been around for the Cotton Bowl. It was one of those things that was just a Twilight Zone episode i got there real early uh i had a friend that got me in earlier than most fans could get in so i got to see the setup and how everything was running got to look at the tunnel before anybody was there it wasn't the same you're absolutely right it was it was it was very different you know i it was quiet there was this eerie and i know this is going to sound like hyperbole but there was this eerie silence over the state fair of texas that i have never experienced and I understand that we put, as Texans, we put a lot of weight into the State Fair of Texas and what it means, but I'll tell you, it kind of hit home. I've, I've been to all the games at DKR, I've been to all the away games, and this felt different. Understanding that DKR is at 25% capacity, and that's how games are playing out right now, this hit home a little harder, I think, for me, Juan, and, and you can speak to it. For me, it hit harder than the home games did because this is such a passionate rivalry. This is something well, the split that split field is so important. Yeah. Right, right. That divide down the fifty, and you it's know, always loud. And we have folks before the game. You're drinking your wax cups of beer, and well, that, that's the you're thing. shit hammered for, for, at ten a.m. And shout out to our lovely Eva Mopac. <laughs> oh, this was like that. Mopac in COVID. Yeah, I have not hit. Traffic in Mopac since March. It's like you miss the anger. I you miss aggression. the anger and aggression of the bullshit you normally you know, put up with. I walked through the fair one. The only now the silver lining is they didn't have coupons because they suck, dude. I, I mean, I, I walked through and I was just walking and I was like, 
put on, no people, no middle fingers. Where the OU people? I didn't get spit on. I didn't get pushed. I didn't get called names. It was weird. It was weird. weird. And and the whole vibe in general. And and I'm we're gonna get to Texas football later. And I think there's a a time where they came out a little flat. And I still don't understand that. But at the same time, they didn't have that twelfth man that crazy juice from that split field of, of Longhorns. Going Agreed. Crazy. Agreed. You know, it was really weird because before normally going into the game, it's just elbows to assholes. Nobody can get in. It's a fight. Anybody in crimson, you want to punch in the face. Why anybody, I don't go. Yeah. Look like that's why I go. Anybody, <laughs> wearing, <laughs> anybody wearing burn orange, those are your brothers in arms. Like you're just going at it. And it was not it's like that this time. Battle no, it with was, your comrades. And it, it, it was the most peaceful, quiet. Well, I'm going to tell you, it was the most social distance thing. Now I'd say that Until you got going in and then yeah. I stood near the student section and there was COVID flying all over the place. I asked the question. So we watched the students come and fill in the student section because we were sitting right next to that section. Granted, mom and dad, don't worry. I'm not dying. I was a section away, but still we watched the students rush up and fill in. I'm like, hell yeah, students are here. They've all been tested. But I have a friend that works inside of, of athletics and they're like, um, yeah, uh, not not for this game they weren't. Yeah, yeah. Game. So, like, yeah so then I'm like, well, shit. Okay, so this could be a problem. So, and look, we all know the state of Oklahoma is a cesspool anyway. Like, take COVID out of it. Nobody wants to catch a rash going to Oklahoma. We all know well, that. And now we're in the midst of all of them with a pandemic going on. It's a problem. So, yeah, man, there was a concern for sure. And, and let me add on top of that, like walking in, it was just silent. There was no trash talk. There was no friendly trash talk. There was just nothing. It was like trudging into the stadium. And then we get there and look, I certainly am not a supercomputer. I can't calculate the number of people in there. To me, it looked like there was more than 25% capacity. I, I will say that. I to but there was social distancing, folks. For the most. It looked on TV outside the student section. Most yeah, people had some were. space around them. For the most part, people were in masks and things like that. But there wasn't that fire, man. There wasn't that passion of like you hear like them going, "Oh, you," and like "Boomer sooner," oh, and then Texas responding like "Texas fight," and them saying "Texas sucks," and like there just wasn't that that energy this year and and i do think it affected the game from kickoff i really do so a unique perspective for me like i was actually in houston visiting a good friend of ours um there was a happy birthday again there was a portion of the second half like at, at the kickoff when i was actually driving to this location and so i was listening to our favorite craig way on the radio it almost didn't sound like a Craig Way broadcast. Like, even he himself, like, it was very subdued. And he's got so much energy. But I guarantee you, he feeds off the energy of the crowd and the energy of the game. And it was just like, man, I have never heard Craig Way, who is an icon. Let's just get that over with. Oh, he's the best. Like, like I have best. never heard him call a game so flatly. And I'm not knocking him at all, like, at all. But you it can was tell. Just everything about the environment. It was the energy everything, the, the fact that both teams were going into this game, like, uh, broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can speak to this. Again, OU came in licking their wounds. 
Texas came in with definitely the questions of head coach hovering over their heads. Ish. And you know that we've got this weird atmosphere where we're not at full capacity. There was definitely a different element to this game. And I can tell you from the, from the stands, I screamed my ass off. And, and the one positive that I will take from it is when I whistle and when I yell, I'm confident in this moment that the players can hear me. <laughs> like her herself. But I don't know. <laughs> they can hear you anyway. Right? But I don't know that that's, that's what I really want in this moment. I want this to be a collective. And, Quan, can you speak to what it was like on the field with the team in that moment? Well, I mean, I, I can speak to it from a standpoint. You know, we're talking pregame. And what I expected anyway, the, the guys were loose and they were doing their thing. But, and from a fan standpoint, even from a calling on the radio standpoint, it was certainly different. We talked about it. Craig talked about it. I mean, it, just, it was just so surreal because him and Roger have called so many games together. But um, the players shouldn't give a damn. Yeah. I mean, this is right. – you see that color over there. That is red. The, it that, that is it's an ugly ass red awful ugly when you see the OU over there <laughs> I believe it's in Clueless they call it surfing the crimson wave yeah they do <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, they literally That's do. the thing that women oh, say. Yes. I'm, I'm surfing, surfing the, the crimson, crimson wave. wave. There she you go. explaining her tardies. <laughs> for, Sorry, For those Kwan. of us that aren't here in the room, this is my second time back Kwan just had an epiphany. <laughs> He's like, holy shit, that's a, that's a real thing? We're like, yeah, and y'all, am, that's a real thing. And this is why women Texas fans are the best, because we get to relate to that and talk shit We're on still that women, level by the way. that men do not get. <laughs> we are still women. If you didn't already know by now, so, we are still So women. there that is, Quan. So you see, you see that color, yep. and you're like a bull. Like, exactly. you see red, uh, right? Like, yeah. I'm just saying. That, right? that, that's what I expected of the players. That's what, at times, I saw of them. Sure, so, sure. Um, Later so on the yeah. game. Yeah, Back to the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Back to the game, the atmosphere. So okay. no, it was certainly different than, than anything I was – a part of and even as a fan so but that's what you expect in 2020 that's 2020 is an anomaly right yeah so so let me ask you this i think something that all fans would benefit from and really love to hear tell us about your experience going through the tunnel for texas ou weekend when you're coming in on that ou side mm-hmm. where everything's against you hey, you got your teammates you next to you yeah no, man, the tone is cool because you have your teammates and you have OU walking down, usually around the same time. I don't know, they do this on purpose. 100%. And, um, and you're looking at a lot of Texas guys, for one, because they recruit us hard. You're looking at coaches that recruit you insanely hard, giving you that snarl. And that's what is it. That's the OU it coaches. Oh, yeah, oh, they're yeah, mad. Okay. Oh, they, they're they, mad that you didn't that sign you with them. you chose Texas over, yeah. you know, yeah, that yeah, other yeah. school. And <laughs> the, the cool thing is, at least my years, and I've noticed this. I actually go when they walk down to see who's chirping the most. Because in my opinion, the team that's chirping the most is the one scared. Mm, that's fair. And I've seen it on both sides. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Lately, we've been chirping a lot. Because you know, they've been trying to mask their... Mask. Yes, fights before the game. Hey, 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 but you remember when Texas came in, again, as an underdog, and we came in with that swagger. You remember that fight that happened in the tunnel before? Yeah, but that, but that was OU, Drew. Exactly. That was Andrew back. Had to break it up. But, but I'm exactly <laughs> backing up your point. It was OU chirping. Yeah. It was well, OU running their mouths. And you know what? Like, even though nobody expected Texas to come out and punch them in the I mouth, did. they did. 
and OU was chirping the whole time. And look, uh, Sugar Bowl, Georgia was chirping. Lots yeah, of, lots of chirping. And here's the thing: as a Texas fan, I was look again. I get that I don't line up with a lot of folks that are around and that are Texas fans. I hear a lot of Texas fans running their mouths. Here's the thing: I was always raised to support your team, not talk shit about the other. And if you have to run your mouth, it means you're making up for something, right? If you yeah. if you can come in with that Texas swagger, that's where we're at our best. That's when your we come in, talking. and you don't have to say a damn thing. You just walk in you with that Texas confident. swagger, yeah. and you yeah. look at them, and you're like, I know who I am. I know the game I run. I know who we are as a team. I don't have to tell you anything. So what was the vibe before this game? Well, who was the team chattering? Was there a team chattering or there was just a funky you know, vibe this all was around? Weird because they both looked in. <laughs> 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 How about we all just be quiet and challenge for a time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Neither of us can come in talking any shit If today. anything, that's 2020. And I got to say, man, look, this was a literal five hour yes. game. Right after our last five hour game. Yo, Tech was a solid four hours. TCU no, was, was four hours five, and 15. Yeah, it was four hours and 15. We get like to OU, it's five hours. And I'll tell you, look, my shins have the burns to prove it. Like, oh, that was bad. It was, it, <laughs> look, Rocky hates tan marks. Uh, tan lines are from the devil. And had I been there with Megan, I would not have let her get tan lines, but I wasn't there. It was rough. And I will say this, like, I'm a liberal all the way. I'm wearing a mask because I believe in science and I believe in protecting the person next to me. But I'll tell you at the end of a five hour game. Oh, you need to breathe. When you're sitting in the sun, like BTW, the cotton bowl ran out of water and then they ran out of lemonade. The only thing twenty five percent of the, the only thing they had was Bud Light. I'm like, I understand that that is hydration when it's actually not because basically water it is not something that makes me feel better in this moment. So I literally had to have a dude put ice in a freaking cup holder. Because they were out of cups, too, by the way, y'all. They ran out of cups. So like, hold on. You're saying the Cotton Bowl did not plan ahead very well. They were not prepared. Yeah. Maybe it's no, because they were told there was only going to be 25 sick capacity, and there was more than 25 But look, even at that level, though... It's it's damn near 100 degrees outside. Yeah, You need to understand that people are going to drink water. They're going to ask for lemonade. They're going to ask for ice. My God, this these aren't earth-shattering things. And why can't they pull out tomorrow's water? Like, do they not have water oh, for tomorrow? No, because there was no tomorrow. There's no state fair. So there was oh, no tomorrow. This was literally... Right. But here's the argument that I'll make. Nice drive-through. But here's the <laughs> argument, here's the argument that the I'll make. They were selling water in water bottles. So... If you have a spare water bottles, you know what you do with them? You store them, and they last to the next game or event that you have. It's not like some limited exposable or disposable commodity. You put a water bottle to the side. If you order too many for the game, guess what? You can store your excess for the next event that you have. They should have overbought. It was poor planning, man. But, okay, yeah. talk about what we saw on the field. And, y'all, I'm going to say it was watered down. Gone. There's where all the water went. So, so <laughs> okay. Let's talk about when we when we, we had it. when we had our predictions. We talked about last week, right, with you, Quan. We talked about OU was going to come in limping and dead and broken, and we just got to put them out of their misery. 
No. Juan, we were wrong. They let we, them we, come we out on fire. And didn't I say when y'all said, oh, their defense sucks again? I told you, their defense will freaking rise up and get a million sacks. And what did they do? They got to Sam more times than they should have. And we know that's O-line issues. They got to Sam more times than they should have. They they got stops when they needed them. They had a sputtering and predict our predictable offense was predictable. And nothing nothing worked for a while. For a while. It, it got clicking again. Sam, I am. What did so, you see? Yeah, so let's have the conversation. Quan, you know the team, you know the coaches, you know the players. When you were on the field at the Cotton Bowl, what did you see? If I'm just telling what I saw and the facts of it, it's facts. What I do know is we're two and two. We took an L for a reason. So what I saw was <laughs> your punter literally yelled the ball too long, cost you like 20. 14 points. Yeah. What I yeah. saw was timely. Special teams were the training. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't have any mention the, the kind of the um, blocked kick. I just saw, you know, sloppy, sloppy play, you know, especially. And, and, and I was really mad before we went in overtime. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can say this. I can say both can be the same. I can see sloppy play. Mm-hmm. Then see a team in every phase, work like no other to fight and never give up and never quit. Mm-hmm. And, and the team. I know the narrative per yeah, social there. media yep. is Sam. Yep. Well. And, and I love Sam. The narr- it was the whole team that never gave team. up. The narrative is this Josh team. Moore. Wow. The narrative is this team is undisciplined and this team doesn't care. And this team, look. They were undisciplined, I, I but will, they did care. I will say this. There were sloppy mistakes and and when we watched in the post game Herman followed up and said you know what we're gonna start penalizing people we're gonna start giving out punishment for sloppy mistakes and sloppy penalties and I'm looking at it and going I hear that and I go this is year four man you're just now stepping up to say you're gonna punish your guys for sloppy mistakes what happened to the cold meals that's that's problematic to eating me. cold hot dogs right oh, <laughs> you know what I mean oh, yeah, like, like trash Breakfast. What happened to trash breakfast? Drinking from a water hose. Where did that go? But but look, that's a problem. To me, with TCU, we saw Texas have 350 yards plus called back because of penalties. At OU, the number wasn't quite the same. It was still the same mess. I haven't run the numbers, but we we literally had at least two scores called back. Two touchdowns called back. So 14 points called back. Because of penalties, we had definite first downs where it was Texas on the one with first and goal, got called back and turned into OU ball. Like these are these are simple mental mistakes, and it's because of personal fouls, and it's because of sloppy mental errors, and without oh, even the awesome. crowd to be an issue. That we saw that this whole this whole season, you can't even blame crowd right, noise. Right, and, and no. so in that moment, that's where I get frustrated as a fan. And look, yes, fuck y'all. I haven't played a snap of football, but that I doesn't have. mean I don't understand. The I've team. watched many snaps. No, but that <laughs> doesn't mean I don't understand the game, and it doesn't mean I haven't played competitive sports. In that moment, if you let your emotions take over in the sense that you can't not make silly plays that damage your team, that's a problem. I, I do think that's a problem that Texas has. Do you do you see the same thing? Do you do you think it's something different with OU? <laughs> 
As if, hey, man, oh, you're, you're the only one here that's played in that right. game on that turf. Oh, yes. we, we have not. I, I think I don't. I, I think you can watch the film and watch the replay and see that insanely awful timing penalties. Um, For the third week in a row. Yeah, man, it's it's been penalty. We've I think we lead the nation in the penalties, and we do. Tom Herman squads lead Texas football in penalties. Mm. From even over Charlie Strong, we take from sacks, everything. At UT. We do, <laughs> we do. Now, and, and even uh, tell me, what'd you say? I, I said no. Tom Herman. Like everybody thought that Charlie Strong's teams were undisciplined, but Tom Herman's teams have actually like more, more, more penalties more than Charlie Strong. Oh, wow. that, no, I, I, just, didn't, I didn't know that. I was just pointing out that that little statistic there. You know, so mm. well that, again, and ultimately. It's hard to understand. I mean, there's little things you you learn in the game as a receiver. Look at the ball. Don't even listen to your quarterback. Um, tight end, same. Lineman, you're listening to your quarterback. Running back in the backfield. Slot receiver, look at the ball. All that sounds so. fundamental. Like, obviously, again, we've never played. But those things sound like what you're taught when you're learning the game, like at a peewee level. You know what I mean? Because they're very basic. Like, if you're a receiver, you watch the ball. If you're a lineman, you listen to the quarterback. How does it get so sidetracked? And I know it happens all the time, but. Well, that's a million dollar question. It I think, is. I think I heard Coach Herman talk about at his presser, he don't understand how these amazing practices aren't translating to games. When he gets made the big pucks to. Are they amazing though? Understand that. He, he truly does. And so. he and Six million a year. You he think he really needs answers. to kind of figure yeah. that, that out. And the relational part of football especially, ultimate team sport. And I'm not saying that he, he doesn't, he's not connected to his players. What I'm saying is it's a big deal on, on so many levels. Um, at the locker room level, at the coaching staff level, as in to each other, at the AD's level. I mean, Mac and the loss, you know, the guys that were there when I did it, who did it very right, because we seem to be in this whole, we're going to do it our way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get it. We had some interesting years, but I, the Texas way was a winning tradition. Yes. The pride in the winning a tradition. Ago. Not being trusted with the week or the timid. Mm-hmm. That was what we talked about. And so um, I think if it's not broke, don't fix. And even if you think it's broke, let's get some perspective on where you came from. Because sure. Would, would it yeah. have been broke there? And then you, you, you seek counsel, see what's going on, say, hey, what worked here, man? Y'all did it so right for so long and you you figure you figure out how the best way to get back to there and and i just are we missing that piece are we missing that piece of like making the connection between loving texas and having a game plan but also connecting back to what worked for texas to me when i'm looking at it what i have seen from a fan perspective the pieces are there. We have the talent. There's no question that Texas has the talent. And consistently, Texas has done less with more than any other team in the nation, right? Where I feel that we are lacking is there is an ego from the top down. I'm not going to name certain people in leadership because I think it is more than one person in leadership right now. I think there is too much ego that's involved with Texas football. And I think the decision-making isn't based on what's best for Texas. 
I think right now it's based on what's best for the individual. And I think that's a problem. It's a dysfunctional system. I, I think that's a problem. And, and I think that's starting to manifest in bigger, deeper ways. Well, I'll say Mac Brown, and by the way, he's doing okay. <laughs> doing all right. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're cheering for Look, him there. Every Texas fan right now that is clamoring for Urban Meyer, you were the same people that you were calling for Mac's head in freaking 2013. Yeah. So you know what? And I'm cheering not... when Tom Herman got hired. Yep. And look, I'll say this. When Texas had the most success under Tom Herman, 2018, I think we can all agree we had a, a solid season. We didn't beat OU like we wanted to, but we made it to the Sugar Bowl, and we beat the fucking pants off of Number Georgia, right? Of Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Who Do was about to play for the national championship. No, they, yeah. they should have. Do you know what was going on behind the scenes of that? Mac Brown. Mac Brown was actually consulting Tom Herman in that moment, in that year that we had the most success, that we felt the strongest as a team. Was he Mac on Brown. the payroll? Mac Brown. Yes, he was. He was a, he was a consultant at that time. <laughs> But he was literally mentoring Tom Herman in that moment. And he was, he was bringing him through. And we had a lot of success nationally. And then North Carolina hires him away. We understand that. We wish all the best for Mac. We're happy that, that he's having the six. Look, the real fans are happy that he's having the oh, success. Oh, loving it. Having. Cheering for him. He made, he made game day intro with his dance. <laughs> but here, but here's, here's, he's he, he, adorable. He's adorable. He his dancing is perfect. <laughs> but, but look, and it's a joy. put me on a place if I'm yeah. out of line here. I think the knee jerk reaction from Texas fans across the board over the decade has been part of the problem with the culture with Texas. So we got mad at Mac when we were eight and five. And yeah, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you. Mac had seen a lot of success. And I think he was, he was tired and he was run down at that point. None of y'all have ever had to run a business the way that Mac Brown ran a business. Like a and don't be fooled, Texas is a business. <laughs> he ran it as the head, as the face, as the coach, making all the decisions. He was the CEO of Texas with DeLos Dodds pulling the strings in the background. But every man needs a break every now and again. So... I vehemently disagree with how Texas let go of Mac. I do think Mac needed a breather. I think he needed a reset. And I think he got that. And now that he's had that reset, we're seeing he ain't done, man. He's still rocking it at North Carolina. Look, I've been talking too much, y'all. <laughs> y'all jump in at any point here. I, well, so. what I was just going to add, well, and last year too, really, we all drank the Kool-Aid. What frustrates me about this team and we saw it Saturday, we saw it against TCU, is you see flashes of brilliance. You see flashes of what we could should be. You be. see the talent could be, outshine. Be. You yes. see the downside. All of that happened. But then you see the slop. You see the incohesion. And it's just like, it's, it's like the dream that can never just quite get off the ground. And, it's, and at some point, you just got to be like, okay, there's something not working. Like, that, that's a good point, Anna, because we do, that's what's most frustrating is we do see the flashes of brilliance. We do see at the athleticism. Like you're making me hope. We, we see the time, beautiful time, scheme that just was building and building and, oh, they're, they're at click. This is what the play that they've been calling the last three yeah. plays for this one. We see it. 
And then the next one, three and out. They get a 70, 80 yard drive and the next one is false start holding, holding punts. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, let me ask you this because I, I think a lot of fans have an opinion on this, but we're coming from fans, not as people that were on the field with our cleats in that grass. With Texas going into the fourth quarter and what I would say, having the momentum, when we come back from this, we were down, Sammy does what Sammy does in the fourth quarter. We're coming back. We score a touchdown with a few seconds left. If you're the head coach, do you go for two? Or do you take Ooh. the, the, oh. the PAT? Mm. You're a genius if you get it. You're an idiot if you didn't. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. I but looked, Sammy, last night when the Saints were playing, I'm like, go for two. Uh, they didn't. They took it to overtime and they won. And, uh, <laughs> and look. Hindsight is twenty twenty. We all understand that, but I, I'm curious as a person talked about a lot who's sure. had the cleats what, in the dirt. What is the in, what does the binder say? Does the binder <laughs> say you well, should no go for two? No, 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 no. I, no, no, no. I, I don't read the binder. I'm an audible guy. Yeah, right. You know, so, I, fuck I, the binder. Cleats in the dirt. Things. What do you say? They, they, I, I like the audible book app. So mentally, let me ask you this: mentally for the team, for the players on the field. Is momentum a big factor? Let's talk about that moment with OU, a hated rival. We just came back from being way down in the fourth quarter. Sammy's mounting a drive. We score a touchdown with seconds left. What do you do? Do you go for the point after to throw it into overtime? Or do you go for two points? All of that's so true. I was pretty angry in the fourth quarter. I was like... Before we, we mounted the comeback, I was like, because I, I hate OU on that level. <laughs> um, as every Texas uh, fan should. Should. So <laughs> I've thought about this as well, and I know a lot of folks talk about it. And this is super 50,000 you know, foot view perspective, certainly a very lazy boy coach <laughs> standpoint. I don't know that I went for it. I probably wanted to, I've gone into overtime. One, but I think by two, I would one for two. So ultimately, by yes, three or four, because before point, it was forced to go for exactly. two. I would have done it before because big. if you just scored, and especially when they the, missed that kick. Well, I, well, I remember I, the Oh game. my goodness, yeah. y'all. Momentum, all the above. And the that way you were scoring on them, they were truly on the road. They were done. They were, look, right, right, look, exactly. And, Why and, wouldn't you expect and that? And they were just giving their Rattler guy more and more. He was getting in a rhythm. And they gave him so much time to just. He was not rattled. To show us why he was the number one. He was commit. rattled. Why, he was yeah. rattled. Yes. And he got like, hey, can we, and here's the thing that I think so many fans are glossing over. Can we talk about the fact that this Texas team, flawed as they may be, benched Spencer Rattler. Yes. We benched him. No, oh. no, we got Texas. Oh. Texas, Texas. We, we got forced OU to a point that they benched Spencer Rattler. That's true. And they brought in their backup, 15. Like, but I, I, I don't want the Because they weren't prepared for him. But Texas came back. Yes. Texas came back against their backup. Texas Mordecai, Tanner Mordecai. Yeah, right? but we throw we like threw in a solid really. game plan against their number two. And then they put Rattler back in. And look, man, I can't believe that. I'm going to sit here and say this. I think Rattler hype for the year has been overhyped. But it is possible for Sam Ellinger and Rattler to be both good quarterbacks at the same time. 
shocking, I know. They were both amazing for the last 10, 20, right, 20 years. Right, right. They both balled out. And here's the thing. Texas shut our defense, shut Rattler down to the point that he got benched by Riley. Like, no, he, yes. For two quarters. However, solid in what, what did Lincoln Riley use that time to do? Coach him up <laughs> so that when he came yeah. back into the game, yeah, he was mentally, was mentally prepared. They changed the schematic. They changed the attack. They went to the quick throws. They went to do everything. Because I think they started to see he was starting to be a little bit mobile the week before. So they were trying to use that. It didn't work. You're right. It, it didn't work. Texas saw it on film. They were ready for him to try to be a little bit mobile. It didn't work. Work. So what did they do? They coached him up while he sat on the bench. And when he went back in, he was a machine. He was hitting and throwing everything because they used what he's good at and got the game to four overtimes. And every single one, all he did was I, I was so close to, like, tweeting out, like, oh, Spencer Rattler is the new Brett Bomar. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, he's about to be like, fuck Bomar. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but here's, here's not. the thing. And, and Quan, I love your insight on this. I think that exact moment was a perfect personification of the difference between the Texas for the past decade and OU for the past decade. Texas has come in with a game plan that can work because we have the talent. OU has come in with talent that adjusts to the game plan. And, and I feel like... Maybe that's a subtle difference, but mm. I feel like that's where we have been misfiring. And we misfired in, in Mac's later years. We misfired with Charlie Strong with the exception of 2015. We've been misfiring with OU on that level with Tom Herman. We've come in with a game plan, and it's, it's fuck you, this is going to work, this but is it, what we're doing. And OU comes out and says, we have a game plan we're going to see what you're doing, and then fuck you, we're going to adjust. And, and I, I think the thing where I felt deflated the most as a fan, just watching, and again, you, you tell me, you know the game better than I do, Quan. Where I felt the most deflated as a fan was watching our drive coming out of halftime. <sighs> there was no <laughs> adjustment. It was pretty flat. It, it was flat. There, there. Which in and, that game was hard to he, even understand. Like why we would came you out at halftime and went like three and out, right? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And, and and here's here's my argument. They should be excited to come out and shove it down OU's throat at that point. The coaches should be talking our guys up. The hatred should be there. We should be amped up to shove it down OU's throat. When we come out with a new game plan, and now that we know the game that you're playing, we're going to adjust and we're going to throw it in. And I didn't see that. And, and I saw that from OU. I didn't see it from Texas. And I'm just saying, I'm frustrated that I don't think I saw that light switch turn on until the fourth quarter. Well, should we tell were... you everything about the tone of the game when OU won the coin toss and they chose to start with the ball? Right, so they one didn't trust their own defense, right, to right. start the game right. and and be ready to come back at their own halftime with a new adjusted attack on offense, right? Yes, one you want to set the tone and take an early early lead. That would be the ideal situation. But also, part B of that is that after halftime, you're going to be ready to 
parents, if you trust your defense, even a solid defense, go ahead and give them the ball. We're going to not only stop them and, and be one up on the serve, but we're going to come back at halftime and, you know, we're going to play the clock so that we finish the first half with the ball and we're going to come back in halftime and chip away again. But I felt like when OU won the toss and they wanted the ball, they didn't trust their own defense and they weren't thinking ahead about Texas coming out with some adjustments at halftime. Well, it turned out to their advantage both ways because not only did they score in the opening drive, well, no, they punted. We had a great three and out. And then we turned the ball over. And we were <laughs> the way we the way Texas ended the last game started this game with an unfortunate Keontae Ingram fumble. Unfortunate we'll fumble. Talk about that later. But I wish nothing but him it wouldn't, to have, it wouldn't on him. I I know. I wish he I, I I hope he stays focused. I want him to have success. Started this game with the fumble. That's gotta be a shot in his little heart because that's how the last game ended. And you I don't know, tell me what you think about the mental aspect is he going in there saying don't fumble don't fumble don't fumble as a rugby player if you have bad hands like you know, we call it a knock-on right when the ball leaves your hands forward it's a knock-on and the other team's advantage so we have some players that every time you pass to them they knock it on it's okay if you don't catch it as long as it goes back or lateral but you can't knock it on and then some people just get those knock-ons do you think in football that his first possession was don't fumble, don't fumble, don't fumble, and he fumbled? Yeah, I think it was twisting or something. So that, that gets a little weird, too. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, sometimes you get in your own head. And uh, so, I don't know what he was thinking, of course. Of but, course. But it's unfortunate because you, you talked I want him to have success. Three and out, got the point. And that was actually a great run. It was going to be for a first down. Yes, it was, and it was that extra last fight past the first I know. down mark. It's like that full effort. That maybe he wanted to do that little extra to show, man, I, I'm with my team because the last game. And, and, and this is something that I talked about in the stands with my friends about that particular moment. Any fan that is looking at this team and looking at individual plays and literally telling – the world that these kids don't care oh or have God. no passion you're not there and it's easy for us as fans to step outside and say oh man oh it's easy to say they don't care but it's easy for fans to step in and say look oh this kid made this mistake this mistake in this moment but here's the thing like ingram every look i wasn't happy about it when it happened and i understand why he got benched for a little bit you got to hold on to the rock, man, no question. But I never once questioned Ingram's dedication and desire. I feel like the reason that he had those fumbles was because he cared so much. Mm -hmm. He was fighting so hard for those extra yards and for he wanted to prove himself and wanted to do this for his team and for his guys to the left and to the right, right? And, like, he wanted to keep pushing I feel like Sammy forced some throws that he normally wouldn't have made because in this game, it means more. And he made some decisions that weren't the best, right? But listen, the fans want to talk shit about our defense. Our defense stepped up against OU. Yeah, there were a couple of plays that they gave up big, but you know what? That's football, y'all. And here's the thing. Our defense stood up when they needed to stand up. For the second week in a row. Our defense... So laid down the boomstick when they fucking needed to Actually, lay down the boomstick. We went into four overtimes, and that doesn't happen 
if your defense is poor. That doesn't happen if your defense doesn't care. No, especially in overtimes, because correct me if I'm wrong, the defense is more likely to get worn down in those situations than offenses are. So yeah, it's the defense, so especially the further in overtimes that you go, like that wins the game because they're the ones who have to make the stop. And it was 90-something degrees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Plays, a, so plays a huge factor four, after five, five hours. And look, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for why we're 2-2 two and two versus 4-0, and oh, but the fans that are saying the team doesn't care, you are sorely misguided. And, and you do not understand football, and you do not understand this team. I, I have a hard time believing people who get on social media with their fake picture and tweet shit like that, and especially have the nerve to tweet at the players when they would never say it to the player's face. Those people, have you ever played a team sport? You don't think these people who are busting their ass at 6 a.m., like, don't you think that they care that they want their teammates to, to, to work and, pre and perform for their teammates? They don't give a shit about you, dude, on Twitter. They <laughs> care about their teammate, right? But they want to perform for their, their brothers. They're not caring about what some dude on social Listen, media Listen, Kevin, 439-7296. Yeah, with a Nobody gives picture. a shit about your opinion. Our team is here to fight and look. You can disagree with the coaches. You can disagree with the structure. You can disagree with the athletic director. But people that are questioning our players' dedication, that's bullshit, man. That, that, that's silly. That's silly. So Don't, don't so look, say it on social media if you wouldn't say it to their face. So, look, here's the thing, <laughs> here's the thing that I have issue with. We have all these fans saying, hey, man, oh, you're transferring. I support you. I love you. I'm going to back you up wherever you go. But in the same freaking text message you're literally talking shit and calling these kids out by name mm. it, it, it doesn't go both ways you're either behind your team and the players that comprise your team or you're not so look let's let's step up and say texas fans need to be better i've been here i've done that i've i've played that game be better yes, yeah be better yeah we get to have expectations for our team we get to have expectations for our coaches. We get to have expectations for our ADs. And you know what, big money donors? We get to have expectations for you too because you don't fucking run this team. But we do get to have the, the, the standards that we set as a fan. Okay, we need to be better as fans. If you're going to wear Texas and you're going to rep that, that, you know what, the players say, state on my chest, name on my back, family on my back, Listen, my family is Texas, and I rep that all day, every day. All day. So if you're going to be a Texas fan, you rep that, and you step up, and you be better as a fan. You play part of a team sport, and you be better as a fan. It seems like people think, well, they're entitled to insult student-athletes. To, to think you have some kind of right to insult student-athletes because they're because they're young men and i had one dude say well they're old enough to go to war we can say what we want dude you wouldn't say it to his face so why don't you be quiet because you would not say any of this shit to their face and he's like well they can take the praise when they win and how about if you love them when they win why don't you love them when they lose oh new concept for you because that doesn't fit your agenda of being a dick so let me just say this <laughs> 
Why don't you go walk away from social media when your team loses? Go hug your dog. Go hug your cat. Why don't you go hug your kids and be a fucking decent human? Look, I agree. And we're probably, we're probably saying the same thing over and over again. Here's the thing. Ultimately, if you're going to call something your family and you're going to represent it as your family, represent it as a family. You know what I'm saying? Love them. Have their back. We've talked about OU. We've talked about the things that hurt our hearts and hurt our souls. We've talked about the things that we hope could be better. Uh, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to put it out there because it's the question on everybody's mind. Um, what's the next step for Texas? There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of discourse here, right? There's a lot of question. Right. A lot of people are calling for Tom Herman's head. Mm. Let me let me give a few stats here that's going to make some folks uncomfortable. It's going to make the uneducated not care, but I'm going to throw it out here. In the past decade of Texas football, we have had three presidents at UT. We have had four athletic directors. We have had three head coaches. And between the head coaches, we have had over – 45 assistant coaches in a decade. Mm. Look, and I still ain't got a job there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And look, I can get at least two of them. (laughs) And Quan is still stuck doing podcasts with nobodies. Like, look, man, I I, We're somebody to somebody. But here, (laughs) thanks, Mom, for listening. So I understand the anger. I understand the frustration. I understand the need as a passionate Texas fan to want our team to win, right? Like there's a lot going on there. Quan, let me pose this question to you. How does Texas get better right now? Does Texas make a change at head coach? Does Texas keep towing the line? And I'll be the first to say, I'm not a fan of the coaching carousel. I don't think it's, it's I don't like it either. helpful. That being said, I'm not confident that, Coach Herman can write the ship at this point. So with all of this emotion and the movement that the players are sponsoring and rightfully so, and in the times that we're in, what does Texas do to be successful like Texas was a decade ago? Man, there's so many different things, though. You know? <laughs> oh, hi, Quan. Welcome back yeah, to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Our special guest today, Quan Cosby. Quan Cosby is still here with us. Yeah, <laughs> and man. me, apparently. How's it going, man? Yeah, yeah. It's so much, man, because I don't know what they can do, but I can talk about what we did. I can talk about what DeLoss and Mike Brown and Powers, and they're always on the Where were we successful? Well, you're yeah, around enough, true. too, though, to compare yeah. that to what's going on now. You know, that, but I don't look that deep into it because I think the current regime, and that's everyone in DKR, kind of want to put their own spin on it and make it their way. Let, let, me, let me ask you, I think you're right. And I think that's human nature too, right? To want to put your own spin on things when you get hired for a job, you want to put your touch on it. Do you think at this moment that that is the most beneficial thing for Texas. And I'll ask this with a preface that where Mac was most successful was bringing back the history of, of Texas. Man, that's, you know, at the end of the day, 
my man Herman came in hot. Ultimately, he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And um, <laughs> that's the thing. You got to be careful. His job was big. It was hard. But um, I'm kind of with you from a standpoint of I don't um, – I don't know, man. I think it's a fit. So I think there's, you know, the comfort level. I'm not that comfortable with hiring coaches every few years. Same. You know, um, yeah. Because well, it puts you back, regardless. At least a season. It's resetting. Yeah. It's yeah. resetting culture. It's resetting. Recruiting cycle. Recruiting. It's resetting everything. But I still go back to the culture piece of it. If you're a new coach, figure out what worked here. Talk to the people that did it here. You did for a little bit, but, you know, mm. stuff like that. And yeah. not – listen, I'm going to tell you something, too, man. When I say things are different, I call this an entertainment school. You know, I – That's fair. Well, because, you know, Bevo Boulevard, Longhorn City, this, whatever. We had – y'all know this better than me, right? You had the great tailgates for a very long time. But so great. We, oh, we have the cardboard. We have the cardboard McConaughey section. How and does that help? <laughs> how did that work out? You know, we, we didn't win the game. I don't so. think it helps the game. I don't know that. I yeah. think. I think they I don't mean, make a lot of noise. That's hard for McConaughey. I think we really have to kind of sit back. And there's a lot of ways to think about this and stuff like that. Let's get back to what used to we didn't have to do, um, and, and we even we're flashy with. Facilities, locker rooms, south end zones. I think we're you catching gotta, up. You got to keep up. Catching up, with other well, well, catching up with other sports. Hold on. So we, yeah, but, we were but playing catch up. Okay. Nothing. No, it's not even about that. What no, but won. it is. Like, it is. Fuck a it swag is. copter if you're not winning. Yes, but they got Hold the on. recruits. False swag. False swag. But they got, yeah. We saw Apparently that. Apparently, we, we didn't want those recruits, so they didn't win. It, didn't when, you played, <laughs> when you played, when you played, when you played, 11 years ago, like, Texas is uh, well. The locker room was redone. What? Probably earlier that day, like around the no, time it was renovated. It was renovated. <laughs> that's a big they put new plywood over yeah, the old plywood. Okay, but still, here's the deal. Here's the deal, though. Texas was always, for a decade straight, a top ten team. Locker rooms and crap like that didn't make kids go to Texas, right? Uh, oh, no, but no, that's, no, that's but times have changed because we're social media now. But then I think there's a problem because if oh. I can if I can show him a if I can show that recruit and their parents a ring cabinet, I think that's way bigger than no, it is. Hold on, let's talk about this because A and M likes to hang it over our heads. Like, oh, the NFL draft picks in the last what since they joined the SEC. What? But locker rooms don't point you to success like necessarily like this has always been my mantra like you win you win consistently you win championships recruiting takes care of itself everything else pretty much takes care of itself you just have to win so it's all of the things that maybe people don't focus on misfocus on i'll say that so there's a lot of talk about culture right now matt brown talked a lot about culture no, Matt Brown talked a lot about family. Did you eat Tom? Con- no, no, no. Yeah, Tom Herman. Tom Herman talks the difference, and I feel like this is where you're going, Quan. Tom Herman talks a lot about culture. Matt Brown talks a lot about family. Ooh, I have. I, yeah, I, I, Matt Brown lived it. 
Texas has a path to choose where they're going right now. And look, we all know the name that's floating on everybody's lips. It's floating on the, the big money donors' lips. It's floating on fans, fans all that across don't, social media. Yeah, look, look, that's a that's a thing that's out there. So look, I'm just gonna put it out into the ether. Please oh don't. God! But I'm gonna. You all just take a deep breath, and here we go. Tom Herman might not be the fix at Texas, and I think that a lot of fans have come to terms with that. Quan, who do you see? As, as being the next head coach, and look, I'm going to put this out there, and I'm going to say it because, fuck it, it's all on our minds. Not mine. <laughs> is It's on your mind to fight. There's a lot of talk about Urban Meyer coming in as the next head coach of Texas. Wrong. It, <laughs> and look, y'all all know how I feel generally as a human. I feel like an Urban Meyer hire discredits the integrity of the school. I feel that it questions the school's dedication and respect of women. Uh, th there's, a, there's a lot going on there. That being said, I also understand that ultimately my school doesn't give a shit about what I feel as a woman. <laughs> my school gives a shit about winning. And or do they? It's a it's a big business. Or getting thing. donations to finish that south end zone. It's a big business, and, and and look, this is a deeper conversation that we can have, maybe later when we've had more wine or more yeah. wine. <laughs> <laughs> or God is like, oh God, God. Like, I gotta go. More wine? No, but look, the the point is, th there's going to be a great divide between the fans that were high and mighty when OSU fired Urban Meyer. And the fans, and you know what? Some of y'all are the same motherfuckers that are clamoring to hire Urban Meyer. So I'm a woman that has been through domestic violence. I have been sexually abused. I, I've, I've gone through all those things. And I will tell you, whether they stand up and, or not and make it public, I, I don't know a single woman in my life that has not experienced some form of sexual violence, domestic abuse, or sexual abuse. And that says a lot about us as a society. Just up front, the problem that I have with Texas, a school like Texas, with the power and the name and the tradition that Texas has behind it, the problem that I have with a school like us going in and saying, you know what, Urban Meyer's the guy to fix all our problems, you know what? He may come in and he may go 10 and fucking two. And then he may go 12 and fucking oh. And he may win us a national championship. But at a certain point, where does our soul reside? Again, I've been through the domestic violence. I've been through the sexual abuse. It sucks to come to terms with something that you love so much as much as I do the University of Texas and watch them go ah, and do the mental hoop jumping and do the, the calculations to say, you know what? All of that is worth it. We're going to hire a guy that's going to win for us. So I'm asking you as fans, where is your line? Where is your line for what matters for integrity as a university, 
and winning as a university. That that's a hard discussion to have, right? And it shouldn't be, but but it is. And and we all have different conversations about it and we all have different perspectives. And I'm not asking you as a listener who may not have gone through the same things that I've gone through. I'm not asking you to understand what I've been through. I'm asking you to put yourself in a different position. Take yourself out of the fan perspective and say, hey, man, where is our soul? Like, where where do we lie as, as a fan base? And you know what? A lot of y'all that I'm watching that are clamoring for Urban Meyer, you wanted Charlie Strong as a head coach. And then you turned on him in two years. Well, you're- and then Tom Herman was your great white savior, and he was the second coming of Christ for Texas football. And now in four years, you've turned on him too. So at what point do we draw the line to say, here's what I'll stand for. Here's what I believe in as a fan. Here's what I believe in as a person. Here's what I'm willing to accept from a university that I believe in. There's a line there, man. And, and, and look, I understand that the decision is probably already made. And I understand that ultimately the guys that make the decision don't give a shit about my personal opinion. But I'm asking you as a fan personally, I'm reaching out to you as a fan, to our listeners, to really come to terms with, are you okay with the person who has enabled and allowed and covered for felony battery, domestic abuse, sexual violence, sexual abuse, um, uh, amongst a slew of other Bur- uh, aggravated burglary, felony burglary. It goes on and on. Are you okay as a fan to sacrifice how you see the university and the integrity that we have to bring on a coach that might get us some wins? Maybe let's just take a minute on the knee-jerk reaction for Texas fans to say, who are we as a program? Do we want to let the guys that have the millions of dollars run our football program that don't have football experience and don't have AD experience? Do we want to let those guys make the decisions or do we want to continue to be on, on that higher level where Texas gets to be on a pedestal and Texas gets to be the program that says, you know what, we've done it the right way. You have to decide who you are as a fan. So that's what I ask you. And you know what? I know that this is going to elicit a lot of response for people who have a very strong opinion. And I want to hear it. I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear your position. I want to hear where you're coming from. But I will tell you initially and probably for a long time, an Urban Meyer hire is a slap in the face to every woman and female fan of Texas that you know and that may be close to you. That's where we're at, right? We are kind of at the mercy of our big money donors. But we don't have to be. And Megan, thank you for sharing that. I think people need to realize that every, everyone has their own opinions on on-the-field stuff. However, we're talking about and people are wanting to bring this man to our community and to our campus who has a history, a proven, proven history 
of enabling and recruiting and keeping on his roster and and going unpunished violent criminals. And how, I don't, I don't understand why people would want to sink that low for another win or two. To me, it just doesn't make any freaking sense. And the fact that we have grown men who say they're all woke on Twitter. And if you think you want that monster on our campus, you ain't woke. You need to educate yourself about what this man really is. And yes, the big money donors probably are going to win at the end, but you will hear from the women and you will hear from us and we will be vocal and we will be heard. If you think Urban Meyer's couple of wins a year is worth the safety of women on campus, I, I'm, I feel sorry for you. Football is not more important than, than that. That's why you have a women's voice on this podcast. Women plus Quan. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, and, and listen, Quan has been a supporter of us through and through, but he is also one of the most incredible UT supporters <laughs> through and through. This man, it, look, I told him this earlier. He is in a unique position to be able to understand fans even if he doesn't agree with them. He's and also in a position to understand the administration and also understand donors. So for all of y'all that aren't following Quan, you're missing out. This guy, like literally, he is a lifelong Longhorn through and through. And he is one of the very few that gets it on every level. He's had the cleats in the grass in DKR. He understands the fan perspective, and he is a kind enough human to connect with fans on a personal level. He also has relationships with the administration and with, uh, with the donors. He's a dude that, that understands. And, and look, to be super clear, what we just said, those are our own opinions. That our does, thoughts. That does not reflect what Quan feels mm-hmm. or... Or in any those way, are, those Look are our it. own thoughts. He's literally but, like, okay, let's, right li- let's lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> Megan posted today some great questions. We do want to know what Quan thinks. We this <laughs> this is our chance. <laughs> this He's is like, our, oh god. Uh, Megan posted today on Twitter. Ask your questions for Quan, and he has some answers for you. So let's lighten the mood. Let's We're gonna quantify some Quan, questions. Well, yes, these are quality and quantity. All right. <laughs> That was that was a joke for me. Okay, so so Quan, team mustard or team ketchup for your Fletcher's Fletcher's corny dog. Fletcher's corny dog. Who who is our? Oh, sorry, that's for at Nick underscore Copeland. Fletcher's this year. First Fletcher's. I said it was Quan. That that hurts my soul. So did you just like raw dog it, or did you go in on team mustard? Was it dry, or did you have? Did you go ahead and put something on it? I actually put both. You know oh. what? This this conversation is done, sir. But, but done. Is that how you normally eat it? <laughs> Robbie UT underscore two thousand six thought you were gonna say both. Oh. So I called it. He was called it. Robbie, way to go. He's showing us a picture it's of right. his corn dog, <laughs> and it does okay. have both. <laughs> to be super clear to Quan's wife, it is literally a picture, picture of, of his a corn, corn dog. dog. Yes. <laughs> would, to be super fair, wouldn't it be anything else? My spouse. <laughs> that's not hyperbole. Yeah. So she all right. So we, we have to ask CB Bennett's question. We do. We do. Okay, so Chris Bennett, one of our favorites, asks, Juan, you cover the team, so what happens Saturday? 
why was only Sam and a couple of other guys out there for the eyes? Do you think everything is good in the locker room or is something amiss? Well, man, ultimately, I think that picture was a still shot. So I think social media can get a picture and it, it flows all through there. <laughs> so the picture didn't show the true reality. Well, I mean, it, more kids are walking in the direction. And, uh -huh. and, and my thing is, another video I saw where Sam was getting bullied and harassed by OU people. Who are... There awful. are lots of Longhorns around the Cosme was right next to him. There were several, I saw so the same one, yeah. It makes me wonder, and this is, I, I was thinking about it when I was coming over here. I don't know if I remember um, Give it to me first. what I did after the Texas OU games because they were so crazy. So while I'm sure we sung the eyes, but I don't remember. I do remember high-fiving fans. Yeah, so to be clear, a lot of fans have asked Quan specifically well, you played for Texas. Do you remember singing the eyes? What did it mean to you? So that well, that's where he's responding. So, well, yeah, again. it's just a crazy time, and and I can't even factor in a four overtime game. But um, <laughs> I, and I don't remember it. In I watched it on TV, Rocky. You probably heard the same. Mm -hmm. Joe Clatt, maybe, or one of them said, like, it's really too bad that this happened in 2020 because this was a game that needed to be seen by full house. I think it and was. You know, I don't yeah. think it would have gone to four overtimes if there was a full house. Because <laughs> oh, there would have, know. you know what I'm saying, those huge momentum swings that the audience contributes to a game like that. There could have been a moment in that game where you could have had that just one one play was amplified, you know. The, the Shipley return with the Quan Cosby block. Well, you <laughs> know, I'll, I'll, those kind of things turn the game because it's amazing in the crowd. But I'll step and in and say you. this. I'll step in and say this. While there wasn't the normal atmosphere that Texas OU normally has, with big plays like that, holy shit, there were times that the Texas side sounded louder than I have ever heard them before. And same for the OU side. Like, when the moment mattered, the fans still showed up. So I get that argument, but at the same time, mm -hmm. I don't think that's that, that's fair to base everything on that no it i think just the fact that like it was only seen by quote 25 percent, and it wasn't experienced by like a full house you know what i mean yeah fair to say and quan to your point i i will say this again i realize this is going to piss a lot of people off but the pictures that were shown on social media of sam standing and putting the horns up he has done that by himself for the past three years just because y'all don't go to the games and are wow. picking up on one picture that was shown from one game doesn't tell a whole story. I've been to every, day, every game home and away since Sam has been our quarterback, period. Sam always stands by himself and throws the horns up. That's his thing. And if you want to turn this into, oh, the team didn't support him, that's utter bullshit. I'm going to squash that narrative right here right now i was at the game i watched it happen i watched sam walk into the tunnel where his team was waiting for him to walk with him through the tunnel and go back to the locker room so this sam was by himself narrative is bullshit. number two i'm gonna go ahead and put this out here Quan is not involved in this i'm he just gonna to go i'm just gonna say this is <laughs> in general 90% of y'all that are telling the Texas players 
that they need to stay and put their horns up and sing the eyes of Texas, I go to all the games and I watch you leave with 10 minutes left in the game because Texas is down. You don't stay for the eyes of Texas. You don't get to tell our players they need to stay for the eyes of Texas. Get them, girl. All right, one last question for Quan because they sent them in and we want to give them at Kwood4408. Okay, we talked about this earlier. Herman saying Sunday practice was great and then they get on the field and it doesn't look like they were ready. <laughs> Is this a case of the playing level not translating from practice to the game? Or does this appear to just not being prepared in general? So is this a coaching thing or a player's <laughs> not executing their fantastic coaching? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. Dance around that delicately. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, um, so let me ask I think you we this. Have, I think on paper we're really good. You know, ultimately we have a lot of talented people. I think there's a disconnect. There's clearly a disconnect if they're not performing at a high level. Um, that, that I think uh, it didn't take a lot of years of football to kind of figure that piece of it out. Um, and I think the things that I've seen that has been a struggle bus can be corrected very fast. So, Like last I, week when he said it was fixable. <laughs> So I hope it's correct. No, I hope it's fixed. That's true. Great answer. All right, let's let's get moving because it's been a bit. So really quickly, I think we all wrapped up everything we could talk about the status of Texas football and their fans and the administration and the drama with the gossip of the future, potential, whatever drama coach, and how much we love our team and we're going to support them no matter what. So let's one real quick rapid fire NFL. Dak Prescott. OMG. Oh, Fire's agent. Uh, yes. Fire's agent. Yeah. Look. Nothing Everybody but love. Watching Nothing that but game. love. I'm not a Cowboys fan in my heart. I cheer for them. them. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I cheer Me for either. them. But my well, heart I'm, I'm vocal that. about that. I cheer yeah. for and them. And listening to the to the color commentator saying, oh, that looks like it might be a cramp. His ankle is literally outside. A I bet it fucking cramps. His ankle <laughs> is literally outside of his his shoe and this is where this is this is where the franchise tag because Dak acted on good faith yep. for the Cowboys and now the Cowboys hold, are not obligated they hold all of the power yes. and that's bullshit because Dak has given everything for that team so yes I hope no he Jones, also could have taken third was it 35 million a year no, and said 39. it was a day 39 million a year and called yeah. it a day yep but he held out. I hope well, that's he holds where I feel like the agent, that. you know, ultimately. The I, agent, if yeah. I, if I hire an attorney, I need the attorney to do what's best by me for the money. That's what the agent's saying perspective. So his agent. The market was shooting way up, but I don't know if Dak. Dak's an incredible athlete. He's a team but he leader. Wasn't Patrick Mahomes. No, but he yeah. was no Pat Mahomes, and he, so he shouldn't get no Pat Mahomes money. Right. And he wasn't winning playoff games, plural. However, he was the best player on the. He is the best player on that team. Wait, okay, rapid fire, Quan. This question is for you. Game, you ready? Ready. Just one. Dak or Deshaun? Go in twenty-five years. See, I love it. All day I love long. the answer. All day. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> if you're quick to answer. I had put a couple weeks ago a little poll on Twitter: Dak or Deshaun, and it was like fifty-fifty, and I'm surprised. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you why because. The Dallas market in Texas versus the Houston Texans market, since the orders up, 
is very different. You're talking damn near 80 to 20. So if it's 50-50, it's basically Deshaun wins Deshaun it every time. Wins. Okay, so as a receiver, Deshaun. you would rather Deshaun you would rather be scrambling for Deshaun to get open to throw it to you than Dak. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Even though Dak has more like Game-winning drives. Okay, stop. Yeah, <laughs> stop leaks. Look what Deshaun Watson did at Clemson with a great O line. Like Quan, Quan I'm going to ask. As yeah. a receiver, what do you see in Dak that makes you feel that way versus, or excuse me, Deshaun versus Dak? The, He's not. Well, the, Dak is a great quarterback, and he can do most of all the other stuff that Deshaun does. Deshaun just has that hit factor. I was going to say. You know, he, he, and you don't think Dak does? Not like Deshaun Watson does. Okay. Deshaun so, got way. Deshaun yeah. has the second most. Deshaun's um, got. Uh, like, he's got the back. Sacks. Well, that's not his fault. It was a freaking line. If he was so mobile, maybe yeah, he would have a few less. Oh, he, he, I, know, I know he's hey, mobile. I would him. love him as my quarterback. No, I, unfortunately. But Deshaun Watson yeah, he is in right. my division, yeah. and he's about to be 0 2 this year in my division. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of my division, the Titans tonight whooped the 4 0 on Tuesday because they have COVID. Well, we're over that. And now we're cured, and we have the miracle. We have the miracle cure. And we're cured, and we're <laughs> immune, and now my Titans are immune. Apparently, that's how it goes, right? You get you get immunity all of a sudden because that's what the president told me. So you get <laughs> immunity, and now my Titans whooped the Buffalo Bills, forty-two to ten. Was it forty-two to ten? Forty-two to something, and we whooped their ass. <laughs> and four no Titans. All right, let's all right, wrap so, it up. So, let's wrap it up. But let's let's jump forward. If Texas and BU happens. Against Baylor. Oh, All right. It should, it should happen it's next just, weekend. They, they, have, they, have have they have the role. All right. Well, what are, what are our, the Baylor medical team, Time out. And I know we don't have a lot to go on, but what's our predictions? Quan, you go first. Texas BU, what's the prediction? Texas, because oh, they've been putting up 50 every game anyway. So I'm going to say Texas 42, BU 17. I like it. <gasps> what? Hannah, what's your call? Texas BU, go. I don't do this anymore. Well, I, this I, is rude. That's no, rude. it's not rude. I've been trying to say. All right, Hannah's cut off. I am not cut off. I, I I'm saying I, I'm not predicting anymore. That is my mantra. I didn't okay. want to predict. Since cool. You're not predicting. Cut off, Rocky. What's your prediction? Since it doesn't even matter, Texas 100, Baylor negative 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Texas 34, Baylor 24. Uh, that's, found, that's where I Actually, that's I, where I, I will go Texas 42. Do I, I will go te like Tennessee. She went negative. Let's be super clear since our next podcast is probably going to be for us making up for time since Baylor had to fucking postpone again because of their COVID bullshit. Let's go with OSU. Texas loses and I wouldn't bet $5 on a win on the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Quan, what's your, what's your bet for Oki Light? Oh, like my prediction? Yeah, that's the that's You know, the I, always, I always have hope. You know, Sam's the man. I hope They're we don't their lose issues. too bad. I want to. Okay, okay, so Light's going to be, you know, Halloween crazy, but. With 10% in the audience. Yeah. 25. 25%. They and can't do we're math. Gonna kick, we're going to kick gun. <laughs> we're going to put We're Gundy's kryptonite, so we're going to do it. Yes. All right, I like it. I like it. Hannah? You're not, you're staying out of this conversation because you're angry about everything. Here's my <laughs> prediction. It's going to be 34-31, but you know what? I'm not going to say which team is on top. Oh, that's ah, funny. 34-31. Yeah, they predict a winner. Yeah, yeah. no, fuck All right, that. everybody. Can I bring up a stat? I actually Woman. texted Calhoun. Like, so, Texas 
since Tom Herman has been our coach, we have gone into overtime five times. And we are two and three. Yeah. But Tom Herman teams, like how overtime used to be kind of kind of a It's rare because thing. we don't put teams away when we should and we're brawling to the last second. Which is that's the problem. So we are currently two and three with Tom Herman. That's in really overtime. sad for multiple reasons. Lot, Thanks for sharing that sad note. Oh, you're welcome. Right. Yeah. So listen. All right, let's say goodbye. Y'all, we have a lot to say yeah, with Quan. Quan is, again, we're going to say thank you for joining us. You are always an incredible guest. Appreciate we, We'd love to add some more on as we talk about the transition with Texas into the next phase. Hopefully we can get you back on for those conversations. No, he's, he's bad luck. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't, he wants, I don't think he wants dude, to. We're, we're to. I'm trying to make the and you can cut this out, but I'm trying to make the transition to what we know is already done. I know. So Let's go keep going. At some point, we would love for you to join us again. Of course. Who doesn't want? Yeah, I know. We're we're lucky in this sense. A lot of folks don't want that. So. It's about quality and quantity. Quantity. Uh, this <laughs> fool is rocking the Air Force Ones, showing up. He is on the podcast. So look, it went really long. As always, yeah. we appreciate you listening, even though it's ranting and ridiculousness. But hey, that's what we're about at Fire the Cannon. As always, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. I'm Hannah. And Quan, what's up? <laughs> and we really appreciate <laughs> y'all listening. This is Fire the Cannon, and as always. Hook 'em horns. Hook 'em horns. <laughs>